94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. Kumu Kokua, every day we are bringing in one of Hawaii's leaders or experts to talk about the issues you care about during the COVID-19 crisis and to answer your questions. And so this morning on the phone, we are very honored to have again on our show from the Hawaii Legislature House Speaker, Scott Psyche. Good morning, sir. Morning. Good Good morning. Hey. How's it going? <laughs> the big question is, how's it going for you? <laughs> you so, to... far, so, so far, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Can you shed some light on, on what are the main, uh, I guess, issues that you guys are focusing on over there? Sure. So um, we reconvened our um, legislative session on Monday, and we're expecting to um, be in session for um, a couple of weeks for about 10 legislative days so through next Friday. Um, and the, the, the primary purpose of this session, it's a limited session, is to address the state budget um, because we're anticipating um, a $1 billion shortfall uh, in the state budget. And we, wanna, um, we wanted to um, um, provide the governor with some options for how to address the shortfall mm-hmm. because we don't want the we don't want the the governor and the state to have to resort to drastic cuts and furloughs um, to address it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, what are those options <laughs> then? That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. So we um, we have a package of items. Um, uh, one is um, to um, uh, use um, all of the unspent. Um, state funds in the current state budget. So we'll take back all of the unspent funds to date. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll also convert uh, unfilled state uh, positions. These are called vacant positions. Mm-hmm. We're going to take back the money for those positions. We want to give the governor um, a authorization to borrow funds from the federal government. There's a new program that was set up for states and counties, and the state is eligible to borrow about $2 billion from this fund if it wants to wants to um, go up to that amount. Um, and we also are going to uh, capture the, the, the balance from last year's budget that was also unspent. So when you add all of this together, mm-hmm. you know, we can, we can get up to a billion, a billion dollars in savings. Wow. That's like cutting here and cutting there and, oh, interesting. Okay. So you can get up to 1 billion. That's one is that one of the options? Uh, that's that's it's basically the, it's a package, okay. and that's the that's yeah that's our position. And the governor, you know, fortunately, the governor now agrees that that is the best um, approach that we should take. Because mm-hmm. um, initially he had, you know, initially a few weeks ago he had, um, you know, told the public that he was looking at a twenty percent yes across the board cut mm-hmm. in the government. Yeah. That went over um, really well, actually. For, yeah, <laughs> for teachers. But we always said from the beginning that we wanted to avoid um, furlough Fridays and we wanted to avoid especially the impact on uh, public schools. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that the pay cuts are off the table now? So far, the, the, the pay cuts are off. Um, this the, the, cha- the adjustments that we're going to make um, should ho- hopefully um, carry us for about a year. Um, you know, things may change, the circumstances may change, but um, that's that's the plan. Okay, okay, that's that's kind of a relief. And you're saying the governor is so, it seems like he's on board with that that new plan. Then, 
Yeah, and the, the assumption is that we, um, <laughs> that, you know, we're really going to be, as everybody knows, we're just, the state is taking a big hit right now. And the assumption is that, and this is based on the um, economists and the University of Hawaii um, experts, you know, that, that eventually, at least towards the end of the year, that we'll be able to kind of re- reopen the state incrementally and start to, to generate more economic activity and more jobs and, you know, things will hopefully start to pick up by the end of the year. So, you know, if that's true, then we really need to, to, to address the state budget for the next year because that's when we'll be hardest hit. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, hopefully things will pick up uh, after that, after that uh, one year. Mm. Mr. Speaker, is there any, uh, is there any thought or movement to also working on the testing and the, uh, uh, putting more testing stuff into place and things like that within yeah, the current so budget. We are working with, yeah, we are working with uh, um, the the National Guard. The National Guard is now General Hara is in charge of the pandemic plan for the state. So we are working with him and the Department of Health and um, private sector uh, experts to to develop um, a reopening plan that is going to be based on. Uh, making sure that um, that the people's health, the people's health and safety, uh, will not be jeopardized once we begin to reopen Hawaii. So basically, um, uh, you know, before a vaccine is uh, developed, um, and as the state begins to reopen, we need to make sure that we are going to be able to screen people properly, um, that we are able to test people. And that if people test positive, that we're able to take take actions such as quarantine to contain to contain any kind of spread. Mm-hmm, it's really, mm-hmm. This is a containment. It's a containment strategy. Um, and again, it's it's this is pre-vaccine. This is all pre-vaccine. Mm-hmm. Before we get too far away from you, we're talking about the one billion dollar budget shortfall that you guys are trying to tackle uh, with these proposals. Um, not so long ago, we were talking about a $1.5 billion shortfall. And there's been some rumbling about there was a clerical error or something in the administration. So that's a big difference between $1.5 billion and $1 billion. Do you know anything about that? I, I, they've been sort of cryptic about how that happened. Well, so initially, right, the governor um, projected a $1.5 billion mm-hmm. um, shortfall. Um, and he relied on some... Um, uh, numbers, some assumptions um, from various economists in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, but when when we took a look at the chart and how they calculated, how this was calculated, we found that the state government had a typographical error in the chart. Yee. I'm not sure Ouch. who inputted who inputted this into the chart, mm-hmm. but there was a typographical error that um, that really uh, threw the threw the number. In the yeah. calculation, so when you correct it, when uh-huh. you correct that typo, then it it comes out to about a billion dollars, not one point five. Okay, which so is still a, a lot of money, but just but there's a big difference. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a half a billion dollar mistake. <clears throat> wow. Okay. Okay. But at least <laughs> better we know well, now. Well, better it goes. At least it was caught. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And we exactly. go. Okay. We only owe. Fix it. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're not yeah. five hundred million over. 
and it's like it's actually two billion instead yeah, of one no, billion. No. That would have been really <laughs> the bad. other way. Yeah. yeah, the other direction yeah. would have been bad as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the immunology expert, was talking about how it's probably too soon for schools to think that they can go back in the fall. And if that is the case, then that changes the game for, you know, for the public schools, the private schools. Well, not so much for that's not so much the Kuleana, the legislature, but the public schools, the University of Hawaii, et cetera, et cetera. Are there any um, uh, uh, thoughts floating around about how? Uh, the legislature can uh, support that if it so happens that the schools do not get to go back uh, to physical classes in the fall. Yeah, so we, um, the the superintendent and the Department of Education um, will have to develop a backup plan if they cannot reconvene in the fall. Mm-hmm. And you know, the, the House will be working with the Department of Education uh, to see what the options are in that scenario. I mean, I'm assuming that there will have to be a massive distance learning uh, program set up. Um, I, mm-hmm. I'm kind of hopeful that it already, you know, was fully implemented uh, this uh, last month. Um, and um, that it will also be implemented for summer school. But we have to just make sure that, this, that the system can, can, um, can address this on a statewide, on a statewide level. Because as you know, there's... You know, there's a digital divide in our state, mm-hmm. and not every family has access exactly. to mm-hmm. Wi-Fi or a computer, or even more than one computer in the household. You know, if you have more than one kid, mm-hmm. one student, or one child, so there are a lot of there are a lot of challenges um, that, that 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 have to be addressed. Um, for distance learning, Mr. Speaker, um, out of curiosity, uh, how are how are things going with the Senate? I mean, you guys seem to be in lockstep, which is really great. Um, are there meetings with you and, and President Kuchi, or I mean, uh, because you know, you guys obviously you're based here in Oahu, but uh, you know, President uh, Kuchi is from Kauai, so neighbor islands are also involved in this as well, right? Yeah. So you know, the one um, upside from the pandemic is that it's really um, it's really, um, you know, caused um, those of us in the legislature to see that we have to, we cannot be making partisan or tactical kinds of decisions. We have to, we really have to keep in touch with each other and, um, you know, have consensus on what, what we do. So we work very closely with the Senate. Um, uh, and um, we also, in the House, we have, you know, the 51 members, we have five Republican members. And We've worked very closely with the Republicans as well. We keep them informed of what you know what is going on and what our what our proposals or proposals or plans are. In fact, we've already held a couple of um, joint caucuses. The Democratic caucus and the hmm. Republican caucus have met together uh, a couple of times already, so that we can give all everybody updates at the same time and you know take questions from everybody together. So I think there's a good there's a good feel for. Uh, and commitment towards working, just work, working together during mm-hmm. this time. We don't want we don't want things to get too partisan or out of hand. And for uh, as far as the business of it goes, I mean, sitting in that room, you're not exactly six feet apart. So how is this working? Because you know the house is so much bigger than the Senate, uh, just staff wise, people wise. Oh, yeah. How how are you guys uh, addressing that? Yeah. So in the House chamber, we. Um, we have um, uh, about almost maybe 40% of the House members mm-hmm. are C- 
seated in the house gallery. Oh. So we don't have everybody on the floor. We have mm. every other every other member from the floor was reassigned to the house gallery. So everybody is a, at least six feet apart at this point. Okay. All the members, yeah. I was, I was wondering I mean, if they thought there yeah. was a pecking order. Like, oh, how come I got to be up in the gallery? What's going on there? So, oh. <laughs> no, it was, uh, yeah, it was every other every other member. <laughs> well, that's interesting. That makes for some some interesting yeah, conversation, interesting, right? Yeah. Hey, hey, speaker, what's up? And, you can't, and you can't be secret. You're not gonna be yeah. secret because everybody's far apart. It's like, what? What you said? What you said? Oh, I got it. You know. <laughs> yeah, and everybody has to wear a mask, you know, right? In the, in the chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we've been pretty strict about it. We the chamber is closed to the public because mm-hmm. we broadcast, we stream the sessions, but it's closed to the public because we have to use the gallery. Yeah, um, for the floor sessions. Yeah, are you folks still focused on? Because uh, I know for a while they were talking about suspending the sunshine laws to you know enable business to be done, but you know not have to worry about the the public um, having access. But I think that has since been. Uh, shifted in favor of retaining sunshine on the proceedings. Is that right? Yeah, the governor's relaxed his order on the on the sunshine mm-hmm. law mm-hmm. restrictions. Um, so, I think we'll see more state agencies or boards meeting uh, in public and accepting testimony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. That's always good. More public access. Yeah. Um, now we're we're starting to shift our focus toward recovery. There's an interesting Star Advertiser story this morning by uh, uh, from the advertiser Dan Nicasso, um talking about a color coded plan for reopening parts of Hawaii's economy. Can you shed some light on that? Yeah. So I, you know, uh, a lot of other states are using a color coded uh, basically alert alert system mm-hmm. to notify the public of, of basically of where where we're at um, with um, with coronavirus and um, what the level of risk is and what kinds of activities are allowed uh, mm-hmm. under this under each risk level so it's basically like a it's a uh, you know it's like a traffic light system and it's gonna you know it's, I think it's green yellow green yellow orange and red and um you know red being the most you know the the the, the top the most restrictive level mm-hmm. basically a shutdown level um so the the governor will have to um use this chart to determine what level we're at and the level the chart is going to provide for different kinds of metrics mm-hmm. that kind of that measure basically measure where where we're at in terms of the number of cases the number of hospitalizations rate of transmission, things like that, to see what level we should be at. And that will, I would imagine, then will determine not only what kind of activities, but what kind of business also, I guess, would be allowed right. at that time? Yes, that's the that's the intent. The governor is going to have to um, um, make it clear what, what activity and what kind of business activity is going to be allowed mm-hmm. under each level. Okay, okay. So it's a way, it's a way to communicate this easily to the public so that everybody understands um, and is informed. It's easier to to communicate it this way as opposed to just having the governor hold a press conference and try to explain it to the media. Yeah. Um, Not everybody gets the message that way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, because all the granular levels of like, this kind of business open, this kind of business open. This one is more like, 
if you can do the the different colors, it's kind of like DEFCON 1 or whatever it is, or UV levels, or something that people can relate to a little bit better. Is that the idea? Yeah, and the key the key during this time is mm-hmm. that there has to be clear you know clear communi- communication so that everybody understands uh, where where we're at and yeah. what the expectations are. Okay, okay, that'll be a helpful communication tool. Then people know what to do. Okay, okay. Ninety four seven Kumu Kokua because Kumu cares. On the phone with us, uh, we have uh, State House Speaker. Scott Psyche. Yeah. Uh, he's talking to us about the new session that's going to be coming up, or actually that's in progress right mm-hmm. now. Uh, and uh, Esme, you had some questions? Speaker, I had a question about tourism because, uh, so we've had this 14-day quarantine of you know for a while, and uh, you know people who are coming in are supposed to do that 14-day quarantine unless they're essential workers, but basically they have to do that. But there have been some reported problems with that. And then also this, like, the number is slowly creeping up. Like, in the beginning, we were talking about you know, a few dozen, then the low hundreds. Now we're in the 200s. I realize that it's much smaller still than the 30,000 visitors that used to come every single day here in Hawaii. But I wondered if, you know, if the legislators were talking about this and what kind of solutions might be coming down the pike. Yeah, so the legislature is absolutely concerned about um, how we're going to manage the incoming um, travelers. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that um, is going to happen that is will be... Um, stood up is um, thermal screening at the airports. Um, so actually, as a part of our legisla- our session, uh, reconvening that we're, we are going to be appropriating funds um, to the Department of Transportation to set up thermal screening at the airport statewide. Thermal, oh, thermal and, screening. Yeah. Uh-huh. Thermal screening. Okay. And um, so the temperature checks. And initially, mm-hmm. the National Guard will be, sta- will be doing that for us at the airports. Um, testing is kind of problematic because we don't really, there is not really um, a reliable, a rapid testing um, uh, uh, kits available now. Um, Mm -hmm. So testing is something that's, you know, that's a work in progress. Um, Quarantine enforcement is an issue for us. Um, As you know, there's reports about lack of enforcement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We are working, yeah. I mean, we're working with the tourism the tourism industry and uh, Department of Transportation to see, see how we can enforce quarantine. How do you, if, if you had your way, how would that work? How how could it be tighter? You know, basically, you have, I think there has to be um, protocols um, at all airports so that when somebody leaves, for, for example, if you fly from San Francisco to Honolulu, there has to be a, a really good screening system in San Francisco um, before you leave, and then when you land here, there has to be a really good screening system here, mm-hmm. um, and there has to be a way to keep track of people. There has there has to be verified, you know, verified addresses, contact information. I mean, we just have to know where, where people are are going to be at, and we have to have the cooperation of the um, tourism, like the hotels, for example, mm-hmm. that there'll be enforcement at that level. The problem, of course, though, is that not everybody stays at a at a hotel. Mm-hmm. So we have to figure out how to address those people. So how is that going to... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing, too, is that, mm-hmm. you know, residents have to remember is that um, over the past couple of months, more of the cases, the more of the positive cases that mm-hmm. occurred in Hawaii um, 
were the result of Hawaii residents who traveled to the mainland and then returned, right? So you had mm-hmm. residents traveling to Las Vegas or Seattle or different places and coming back testing positive. So um, it, it's it's it, you know this is a this is a, an issue for for both non Hawaii non Hawaii travelers and mm-hmm. Hawaii travelers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So right now we're dealing with you know a few hundred coming in and they got to be tracked. Eventually, when the you know when the fourteen day quarantine is dropped and there are you know fewer restrictions and we have more coming in, now we're talking about thousands. Is the legislature looking down the line at creating an agency or you know some some particular standalone entity that will be in charge of keeping track of all these because this is going to go for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm assuming a couple of things. One is that. Um, um, hopefully technology will kind of advance um, mm-hmm. so that there's a way to track people, you know, through cell phones, for example, or so through apps. It's basically going to be kind of like a GPS system. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to come across with the public because then you start to have invade privacy, privacy yeah. rights. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, this is a different day and age, so I'm not, uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, we are going to be looking at trying to provide funding to to build up a pandemic uh, unit in the state government mm-hmm. that will be responsible for, um, you know, basically for ma- managing um, pandemics in oh. Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be like a like a continuously existing unit spinning forward. Yes, because you're right. Right. So whenever a pandemic occurs, then we'll have an agency that will be in charge of it. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Because this is a marathon and not a sprint, unfortunately. Okay, okay. Um, any other, I'm wondering about any other major, uh, and obviously balancing the budget is your high priority, but I'm looking at things also that I think concern people on the ground, like the continued backlog with the unemployment filings, and then also ongoing food distributions, which are, you know, they're awesome. The food bank is doing like 4,000 people at a time, um, but there are thousands of people who are still not getting served. So I wondered if the legislature is looking at those things as well. Yeah, so uh, for unemployment, um, you know, about a, uh, a month ago, the, the House the state House Representatives uh, um, took the lead and worked with the Department of Labor to stand up the intake, a new unemployment intake center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had Scott last, center. yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was so, uh, on our show and yeah. told us about some amazing uh, uh, changes that they have done to stand up a lot of improvements there. Yeah, so that is still that's still in operation. We have um, probably about 210 volunteers there every day, Monday, Monday through Saturday, wow. who are processing claims and also making phone calls to people. Um, so um, that uh, operation is going well. Um, and then as far as the... Um, what was the second question? It was oh, on the food distributions. I mean, I think the food, food yeah, I think the food bank and, you know, and those community foundations uh, are doing a lot, but there's so much unmet need yet. And I just wondered if that was a concern yeah. for the legislators as well. Yeah. So we, uh, as part of this session, we are going to um, be allocating funds for the, for the neighboring counties. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when when the state received um, federal funds, we received a lump sum of $1.25 billion. About $330 million of that was already set aside for the city and county of Honolulu. The neighbor islands under the federal formula 
did not qualify for any of the federal funds, but we, the legislature, will voluntarily appropriate some funds to 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 the neighbor island counties. So that'll be a total of one hundred and seventy four million dollars. Mm. Um, you know, as a part of that, we are will probably be asking the counties to help take the lead on food distribution because mm. they're in the best position to work with you know farmers and others on their islands mm-hmm. to help um, and and their food banks or other nonprofits um, to help to help with this with uh, production and distribution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh that's helpful okay okay anything else that you wanted to add that are our priorities for you guys or or any message that you have for our listeners well I think um, so we will probably reconvene again in um, June to take up um, any other emergency matters um, and some of the major, major pieces of legislation that we weren't able to address, um, you know, this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know, for residents, I think um, you know, we just really appreciate everyone's patience. Um, this is. A, you know, this is obviously this is an, an unprecedented time for all of us, and um, we just really need to work work through all of the challenges that are, are occurring hour by hour, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> I, yeah. I can't imagine. I'm, I can't I'm imagine being in your like, shoes. Okay, right on. <laughs> I know you've uh, you got a lot of stuff going on, so we appreciate you uh, being here. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me on the show today. Yeah, thank you. All right, so House Speaker Scott Psyche. Broadcasting live high atop the downtown studios at 94.7 Kumi. It's Devin and Esme on the Rise and Drive Morning Show.